Welcome into another episode of Dads in Time Out. This is your host, Jesse Williams, aka J. Will. And today we're going to be talking about the NBA halfway mark. But before we do that, this is Dads in Time Out. For dads who are in time out, who need to take a time out for sports. I know I butchered that, but it's okay because it's my podcast. All right, guys, today we're going to talk about the NBA, the first half of the season, some things that we liked, some things we didn't like, some things that surprised us, some disappointments and all that. So, and I'm saying we're at the halfway mark. I know there's still some games today before the All-Star break, but pretty much the standings are where they're going to be. So in the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Boston, New York, Charlotte, Miami, and Toronto at this moment are all in the playoffs. And those are the top eight seeds. And then you're followed by Indiana, Chicago, Atlanta, Washington, Cleveland, Orlando, and Detroit. All right. So we're just going to break this down conference by conference and also talk about the All-Stars and then talk about maybe the All-Star snubs because everyone thinks an All-Star gets snubbed. I did propose that the All-Star team should be 15 players each. And I'll get into that later when we get to the All-Star team and I'll kind of give my reasoning why. Philadelphia being the number one seed is pretty impressive. They've been kind of middling around the middle of the Eastern Conference, some sometimes near the top, but never the number one overall seed. And Joe Embiid is the MVP right now. I don't know why this is so hard for people to understand. I don't care that he has missed six games. He has played 30 out of 36 games. In fact, I'll just tell you what he's averaging. That way I don't butcher this. So, yeah, he's played 30 games. He's averaging 30 minutes, or 30 points a game, 30.2 points a game. He's averaging 11.6 rebounds, 1.4 blocks, and a PER of 31.21. He's only missed six games. Y'all look like the dudes missed 10 games. Yeah, they rest him every once in a while, as they should, because he has a history of being hurt. Joel Embiid, to me, and, I, and listen, I'm a LeBron fan. Not a Lakers fan, I'm a LeBron fan. Me and LeBron are both from Akron, Ohio. If you haven't heard that for like the 100th time, call me a LeBron stan. I don't care even though I disagree with him on things that he says in the public, I'm still a LeBron James fan, and I'm here telling you Joel Embiid's the MVP. People say, why not Jokic? The record's number one. Number two, Jokic will have like a 40-point game one night, and then he'll have like 13 the next night. And Jokic has been very good. But with Jamal Murray there, and listen, Philadelphia is 24-12. and 12. The Jazz are 27-9. and 9. They don't have an all-star candidate. The Lakers are 24-13. and 13. The records are identical. Yes, the Eastern Conference is atrocious. We're going to get to that. Joel Embiid has been the MVP of the league. Go just look at all these games where it's like 36-12. and 12. Like, he just hit the game-tying bucket last night to send the game in overtime. Yeah, Tobias Harris took over, which is also why I think Philly is actually a threat in the Eastern Conference this year. Tobias Harris is playing well. Ben Simmons is running their offense. Joel Embiid's been relatively healthy. Doc Rivers has playoff experience. I know I joked when Doc Rivers got that job that I hope they like losing in the second round, but Doc does have a championship. That was me clowning. I didn't think they'd be the one seed. Philadelphia has been everything they've been expected to be. They still need to shoot the three a little better. Seth Curry doesn't seem to be an in-game volume shooter. But he's better than Josh Richardson at shooting the basketball. When we get to the Mavericks, we'll talk about why that trade was horrible. But Philadelphia's in a great spot. and seem to have a pretty decent bench. And I think they have the right coach for that team. He's going to get everything out of Joel Embiid. He's a player's coach, but he also gets on his players. I think he's a great fit in Philadelphia. Brooklyn. 
Still have questions about how they're going to guard people in the playoffs, but dude, that offense is almost unstoppable. Because if Joe Harris is going to shoot 46% from three for the rest of the year, you can just... If, if he's going to do that in the playoffs, they're going to win the championship. When Kevin Durant gets there and everyone's fully healthy, it's going to be... See, the problem was always going to be with them is one basketball, three guys. But Kevin Durant has proven he doesn't need the ball. Um, James Harden's been a willing passer of the basketball, and they're kind of letting Kyrie just do Kyrie. And if they're going to let Kyrie do Kyrie, and KD's going to get his when he wants, and the ball moves, and James Harden, James Harden's going to be like, cool, I'll just score 23, 20 a game. I'll get 10 to 15 assists. They're going to wipe out the league. Now, I don't know if they'll beat the Lakers, because I think the Lakers are going to try to make a move at the deadline. Now, we're going to get to them in the Western Conference. Now, I still think that the first-year coach, Nash, is I'm not, and I hate to say the word exposed, but I think that he's going to run into a playoff series because he's a first-year coach, not because he's Steve Nash, but because he's a first-year coach who's never coached on this level or in college in any capacity. I think there's going to be a critical moment where he's going to mess it up. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I like Steve Nash. I really like Steve Nash. I think, like, I think he's going to be a really good coach in this league. He's he's really, really, really smart. He's a really good basketball mind. And I hope he doesn't mess it up. But these playoffs are about experience. And you can say Steve Kerr, but Steve Kerr had been a GM. He'd been around the game for a long time. He was an analyst. He'd been around the game. So the same reason when Mark Jackson got out of I'm not going to even get into that. Not even going to get into that because y'all going to make me say some things that, gonna, that I might regret. Kudos to Mark Jackson. Kudos to Steve Kerr. So Brooklyn, they're right where I thought they'd be. Kyrie seems to have his head on straight. I hope his mental health is fine. They seem to be good. Milwaukee, everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with the Bucs? Um, they're not on a 70-win pace. They're still 21-14. and 14. Giannis is still averaging close to 30-10. and 10, Probably like 28-29 and then 11. And a lot of assists. He's starting to shoot the jumper a little more. They're integrating Drew Holiday. Um, they've got players in and out of the lineup like everybody else. I don't care about the Bucks in the regular season anymore. Show me in the playoffs. Show me that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and Conahan and, and DaVincio and all these dudes on their team, show me what they can do in the playoffs. I have no qualms about how Milwaukee's played. They've lost some games to some good teams. They're fine. Um, the Boston Celtics have... Let, let, let's talk about the Boston Celtics for a minute. Because remember when Danny Ainge was winning all these trades and getting all these assets? But what was he getting the assets for if he's not going to use them? He drafted Marcus Smart. He drafted, um, uh, sorry, Jason Tatum. He drafted Jalen Brown. Gordon Hayward's gone. Uh, Kyrie Irving's gone, which is probably good. I don't think that they anticipated Kimball Walker's arthritic knees. I think that's their biggest problem. And the fact that their bench is really young and unproven. So the Celtics, the sky is falling, but I keep hearing about how, yes, I know Jason Tatum's still really young, but he's in his third season in the NBA. Jalen Brown's in his fourth year. At what point are we going to stop saying, oh, well, these guys are so young? Like, y'all still hold it against LeBron for getting swept at age 22 in the finals to the Spurs in their peak of their powers. So... And, and, and I know that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum aren't put on that level with LeBron, except for some Celtics fans do put Jason Tatum on that level. 
My problem with the Celtics is every time I watch a game, they can't ever get those three guys to click together. Not saying they don't play well together, but Jason Tatum will go off one game, and then Jalen Brown will struggle, and then Kimball will be okay, and then Kimball will be terrible, and then Jason and Jalen will both be good. And then they're missing Marcus Smart, which is an important piece. People in the national media is like, oh, don't tell me about Marcus Smart, but he does so many things for that team. He is the heart and soul of that team. He is the engine that makes that thing go. He is the glue that keeps that team together. I know those sound like cliches. I know that sounds like I'm just saying nonsense, but there are players on teams that play very important roles. Rajon Rondo was that way for the Lakers last year. I got to quit bringing up the Lakers. I just always have these examples that I'm thinking of. Jason Terry for the Dallas Mavericks in 2011 was one of those guys that it's he's not the best player on your team, but that energy, defensive tenacity, the attitude, that that grit and grind, like they really bring that. Marcus Smart has outlived his basketball potential by being that in the NBA. Plus, he's become a better shooter. And so that those things are important. Kim is a really nice guy who's a really good ball player who's great in your locker room, but like Marcus Smart kinda is your leader guy. I've talked about the Celtics at nauseum. I don't know what they do because as constructed, are they good enough to win the East? And if they're not, do they have the assets to get somebody else? Because here's the problem. Everyone's like, well, they should go get a superstar. But if you think that Tatum is your superstar and you bring in somebody else and Jalen Brown's gotten better every single year and I'm raising my hands like y'all can see me even though this is on a radio or a podcast off a computer that y'all can't see. But... Does bringing in a star, does that like Boston's just built weird where they drafted two guys who are really, really good? But if you bring somebody, they did bring somebody else and they brought in Kimball Walker, they brought in Kyrie Irving. It messes with those pieces. So you have to decide if Jalen Brown is a bona fide number two and if Tatum can be your superstar. If that's the case, then you roll with those guys. If not, unfortunately, you got to get rid of one of them or you go get a third star that compliments them which by the way was Gordon Hayward and y'all let him go but yeah I mean they weren't going to pay him that much money I get it but Gordon Hayward fit that mold I mean look what he's doing in Charlotte he doesn't always have to be the leading scorer he can get you 34 he can also get you 17 and 10 and a bunch of assists and just move the ball well the Knicks are fun I had no idea RJ Barrett was averaging like 16 points a game they're weird in the sense that so Julius Randle's obviously the leading scorer, and then R.J. Barrett, and then the Quickly guy. Is his name Isaac? What's his first name? I'm looking it up right now. So Emmanuel Quickly from Kentucky. Man, there's so many of these new college dudes. I can't keep up with all their names. Emmanuel Quickly, I did know that. And he's averaging 12. Derrick Rose is now on the team, which I think is very interesting. And Alfred Payton, who's just always been Alfred Payton. And Alec Burks, who I never have any idea what to do with. Mitchell Robinson, who's been okay way down here is Kevin Knox averaging five points a game which and then they have the Obi Toppin dude they have Dennis Smith Jr. and Taj Gibson and it's a very interesting Austin Rivers it's a very interesting team they're not gonna get past the first round of the playoffs most likely um Tom Thibodeau's got them playing well but here's the thing this is a very fun nice team but it's the Indiana Pacers with Julius Randle and what I mean by that is a bunch of really good players that aren't going to take you over the top. Not saying there aren't all-stars. Congratulations to Julius Randle for being an all-star. But if the Knicks don't get... And the bad thing about the NBA is 
you need a superstar to win a championship. The only time no one had a quote-unquote superstar was the Pistons. Yes, Dirk was a superstar when the Mavericks won the championship. He wasn't at his peak peak, but he was a superstar. Dirk could take over games. And with the Knicks, it's like they're a really nice collection of talent, and they might be able to flip some of these guys. Kevin Knox is the guy that showed a lot of promise last year, and he's been kind of buried on their bench. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Sorry, I had an alarm went off, so if you heard that, oh, well. Um, That's basically telling me I need to head to work pretty soon because I always go to work early so I can do these podcasts on my phone. Um, the Knicks. So, I mean, I think it's a good story. I think it's good. There's a lot of people that are Brooklyn Nets fans that I just don't believe have always been Nets fans. Maybe some of you have been, but are ridiculing the Knicks for being excited about their franchise. The Knicks have been atrocious. Let Knicks fans be happy. Their team's actually 18-18 and 18 at the halfway mark of the season because they're 72 games. They've played 36 games. That's half. Do the math. Even had a little rhyme there. So, 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 so don't hate on the Knicks. The next team, the Charlotte Hornets, are fascinating. <laughs> Dude, the Charlotte Hornets, and mind you, I haven't been able to watch a whole lot of these games. I'm keeping up with a lot of box scores and watching highlights. <laughs> but, dude, I love this Hornets team, bro. You got Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, Lamelo, Lamelo Ball, who, by the way, is way better than I thought he was going to be. I didn't think he was going to be bad. But this dude, like, I feel like he's everything his brother should be. Like, he's a more consistent Lonzo. Um... And it, hey, Lavar was right. This is the best brother, and I think Lonzo's still pretty good. But like Lamelo has special in him. And then you got that Devonte Graham guy who came from Kansas, who I still don't really know what to do with, but he's a solid player. Hey, there's been a Malik Monk sighting. So for all you Razorback fans on my timeline who are mad that Malik Monk didn't come to Arkansas and he went to Kentucky and he shaded us, blah, blah, blah. And then you're all like, oh, boo, he didn't come to Arkansas. And then I was like, hey, he really wasn't even that good in the NBA. Well, Malik Monk is now averaging 13 points a game. And so P.J. Washington dropped like 40 the other night or 32, whatever. I don't remember. He dropped a whole bunch of points. And so... And they have the one of the Bridges, Miles Bridges, the Michigan State one. I always get him and Mike Hill from Villanova mixed up. But, dude, they have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If you count Cody Zeller at 9.7, they have like eight dudes averaging double figures. So, hey, shout out to the Hornets, hey, Michael Jordan. Like, you got an exciting team, at, le- at least. They're not going to win a title, but this team is fun. That goes back to who do you think won the Rozier trade, the sign-in trade or whatever. Like... Rozier goes to the Hornets. I mean, he found himself a little home. He's not Kimball Walker. And then the two teams that I was really disappointed in all of a sudden did what I thought they would do. The Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors, they scrapped. They got their way back. They're in the Eastern Conference. They're both 17 and 18, so they fought their way back in the playoff contention. Toronto, because they're just a very well... The franchise has actually been very successful I know they they broke through with the championship two years ago, but even before that, Chris Bosh was getting them to the playoffs. They had Vince Carter. Tracy McGrady was on that team at one point. They got Kyle Lowry. They got DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, they couldn't get past LeBron, but they were relevant. It's a great sports city. Drake was at all the games, annoying the hell out of people. And now they're still in the playoff mix with Van Vliet and Norman Powell, who's like super underrated all of a sudden because he's playing really well. You have Lowry, Van Vliet, uh, you've got Norman Powell, 
Siakam, who's been off and on. You got the uh, who else is on that team? The OG and now yeah, that guy whose name I can never pronounce. The guy from Kentucky. Um, wait a minute, is he on that team? Oh, I'm oh that's because I'm looking at the Heat and not the Raptors. Um, what's that dude's name? The OG guy, the OG Anubi. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to say his name. Anunabi, whatever his name is. Like, and, and, and listen, the Raptors are playing all their home games in Tampa. So give them a little bit of a break. They're all away from home. They're basically living on the road this year because they can't go to Toronto because Toronto won't let them in the country because of the COVID situation. So I have no problems. Uh, Jimmy Butler's been out for the heat. And so it's been a little bit uh, of a rocky season for the heat and Colin made another good point if the Miami Heat aren't shooting the ball well what else do Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson really do well um they're a nice story but I think that they way overachieved their mark last year they're still well coached they still have Jimmy Butler Bam Adebayo is going to be a problem in this league for a long time let's talk about the all-stars for the Eastern Conference I did not mean for this to go this long just on the Eastern Conference so, um, but we'll get through it because I think the West, the East, I just had a lot of teams I was disappointed in. And so, uh, of course, Kevin Durant was the, the, the highest vote getter in the East. He won't play. Then you had Giannis, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, uh, Jason Tatum. No problem with any of those guys. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Um, I don't know why they had Jason. Oh, they moved Jason Tatum into the starting lineup because Kevin Durant was out. Then Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Vucevic from Orlando. DeMontis Sabonis is replacing Kevin Durant. So now I have no issues with it because Trey Young, like the Hawks aren't very good. He's a very inconsistent, inefficient player to me. And so, he started out the season really badly. He's been way better of late. I know he's averaging a bunch of points, but I just don't feel like... Like, any of those guys, who who are you taking off and putting Trey Young ahead of? Like, who are you going to put Colin Sexton ahead of? Who are you going to put Malcolm Brogdon ahead of? Now, if you move the All-Star team to 15... Because here's my argument for the All-Star team being 15. Is that the All-NBA team has 15 spots. It's three teams, five players each. Why shouldn't the All-Star game have the same one? It should be harder to be an All-NBA player than it is to be an All-Star. Just like there's more Pro Bowlers than there are All-Pro teams. I think that's true. If that's not, it should be different. All-Pro, All-NBA should be harder to get than to be on the All-Star team. So make it 15 spots. And also, the players can play less and risk less injury. It's only three more spots. And this year you would get... Now, you might end up some years where you get some guys who might not actually be all-stars. That's fine. This is not MVP. This is not Hall of Fame. Let's get to the Western Conference because I spent way too much time on the Eastern Conference. Oh, my goodness. Um, The Utah Jazz are in first place. They're making 16 threes a game. Yeah, they make 16 a game. Like, they don't sometimes make 16. That's their average. They usually make more than that. Um, well, actually, I guess that's not true because then their average would be lower. But you know what I mean. There's a lot of games you look in the box score and they hit 23s. They pass the ball beautifully. Rudy Gobert's anchoring the defense. 
You got Ingles. You got Conley playing much better this year. You've got Donovan Mitchell, who some people say isn't a superstar. I don't think he is. I think he's a really good star. I think he's a higher-end star that is on the brink of being a superstar. But the superstar got to show me in the playoffs. And he showed me in the playoffs, but they lost the series. And I'm not knocking him for it, but that's kind of how this thing works. Carmelo's kind of... And Carmelo went to the Western Conference Finals, though, with Denver, whatever. So we still made him a superstar because you could just see he's on another level scoring the basketball. Like, Carmelo was like, oh, that might be one of the best scorers in NBA history. George Jervin, Kevin Durant, Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, and Carmelo Anthony. Just pure scoring the ball. Of course, you throw the legends, Kobe Bryant and all them in there, but Kobe was just all around great. These guys were just scorers. Not saying that's just what they were, but like, if we just took one aspect of the game, when you think of those guys, you think scoring the rock. Um, the Phoenix Suns are all of a sudden the number two seed. Now, they did beat the Lakers, who are without Anthony Davis. They have two all-stars now because uh, Booker is taking the spot of um, the injured uh, Anthony Davis. And so, I think that the Suns have been very good. I do think that they're going to face trouble in the playoffs because Chris Paul is like guiding that team, being... A point wizard. That's what I like to call him. He's a point wizard with the basketball. I don't know if this team's going to go from we don't make the playoffs in 10 years to being an actual threat in the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying they won't. But I'm saying it's going to be interesting to see how this team plays because I just think that of all the teams I listed, they're the least loaded. And I've only listed the Jazz. So, like, when we talk about the Lakers and the Clippers and the Nuggets and then these guys, and I just... So, they've got Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, the other Bridges, Michael Bridges, um, Dario Saric, which I think is really good off their bench, and then Cameron Johnson. Is that the guy they have? Yeah, from North Carolina. Um, and Jamison Crowder. So, they have a really good team. I just don't know if it's a really good deep playoff team. But congratulations to the Suns. They have not been one of the disappointing teams. The Clippers are third. They're actually tied with the Lakers, so I guess they win a tiebreaker because they won the first game. Um, the Clippers are still doing weird Clipper things, like not playing well in the fourth quarter, but they've won a lot of games, and Kawhi's playing more games than he has in the past. In fact, we'll just see how many games he's played. Kawhi Leonard's played 29 games. Um, the Clippers have played um, 37 games, so he's missed eight. So he's on pace to miss 16. So he's still load managing, but he's not load managing to a super high level. But he's not load managing like games really close together anymore. So it kind of appears that he's not load managing, even though he's load managing. Um, Paul George has been really good, but then like Paul George has been really bad in some fourth quarters, but he's been really good in some other fourth quarters. Um, I never know what I'm going to get with their bench because... Sometimes Marcus Morris goes off and Lou Williams does nothing. And then sometimes uh, Nicholas Batum, who's a starter, um, is averaging eleven, is averaging nine points a game. But he has a lot of games where he just like won't shoot at all. And then Zubak is like a walking double-double. But it's just Luke Kennard will be hot and Terrence Mann. So I just don't know what to do with this team. Like they're good, but... They don't scare me like when they had Montrez Harrell coming off the bench. Because that team last year I thought was going to be really, really scary. And then they flamed out against the Nuggets. 
but they had Lou Williams, and then they just they seem like a really gritty team. And now it's like if they get now if that bench gets hot, they're wiping you out with their starters. So don't get it twisted. The Clippers are th- still a threat, but I got to see it in the playoffs. Like I don't think the Clippers have ever been to the Western Conference Finals in their history. Tell me if I'm wrong. The Lakers, the Lakers have been the Lakers like some like. They won a bunch of games, and Anthony Davis got hurt. Then they lost like three or four, including three in a row. And was like, oh, my gosh. And then they won some games, and people said that LeBron's the MVP. I watch a lot of these games, and if you're talking about LeBron still being able to be great at 36, I'm with you in year 18, but has he been the best player in the NBA this year? And I don't think he has. I think it's remarkable what he's doing. But his three-point percentage has fallen way off, and this is coming from the LeBron stand. So, oh my goodness, he's saying something bad about LeBron. I'm just stating facts. But he is the engine that makes that team go. I mean, Anthony Davis has regressed this year somehow, and it's been injury-prone and out of the lineup, and the Lakers are 24-13. and So it's like LeBron's the MVP because he does all the other things that people don't see like he's just the glue to that team frank vogel can coach bro like when they want to play defense like they're the best defensive team in the league like that they just lock people down so i think the lakers should still be the favorites but i do wonder the wesley matthews and marcus Saul additions have not worked and i just think that wesley matthews has never been the same after his injury and i think this is just me i think you try to get rid of Kuzma, while he's got value, he balled last night without Anthony Davis or LeBron. I think you try to get rid of Kuzma, Gasol, and Matthews. And I'm not against keeping Kuzma, but I just think that you want to do something to energize this team. See what you can get for Kuzma. Or give him the ball more. Some people say he should be in the starting lineup. I think he's good as a six-man, but he's... Man, he shows flashes, but he's just inconsistent. And I know that his role's inconsistent too, though. But, I mean, he's he's been... I mean, Montrez Harrell has been what Montrez Harrell needed to be for this team. And so has Dennis Schroeder. Like, they're, they're getting what these... These guys are doing their jobs. Alice Caruso's doing his job. And TNT, Taylor... Or THT, Taylor Horton Tucker's doing his job. The Portland Trailblazers. This is why I think Dame has to be in the MVP conversation. They're... 20 and 14, and it's all because of Dame Lillard. Like, they're number five in the West, and they shouldn't be. I don't know how they play any defense because they have Carmelo, they have Dame, Jurkic has been out, CJ McCollum's been out, Zach Collins has been out. Um, Gary Trent Jr. sighting, he's been pretty decent. He's actually their third leading scorer at 15.5 points a game. Ennis Canner just comes off the bench and does Ennis Canner things. He averages 11 and 11, which is great. Um, Carmelo, it's great to see Carmelo in the NBA. It's great to see Carmelo just being able to be Carmelo on the Blazers because they just let him be Carmelo. They're like, okay, just go be Carmelo. Like, we don't need you to catch and shoot. We're not, just just go be Carmelo. Come off the bench. Because I think Carmelo is fine with coming off the bench because they just let him be mellow. They, he is mellow. Like, they just be like, hey, dude, just go be Carmelo. Just go shoot your mid-range. Do what you want on offense. Like, and he's had some 20-point games, and you're just like, yeah, he, he's, he's an NBA player. And don't forget about him because it, he might drop 31 game. 
he's getting older, but Carmelo has had a great NBA career. So I don't know what the Blazers can do in the playoffs. I Now, number six team, I did pick the Spurs to make the playoffs, but I still have no idea what this team is because they have DeJounte Murray and Lonnie Walker and Derek White and DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge has been in and out of the lineup, and I never know like who LaMarcus Aldridge is anymore like as a player. And DeMar DeRozan, like, he's having such a great year. It's like, dude, he's averaging 20 points a game. Yeah, he's averaging a bunch of assists, but, like, DeMar DeRozan has some 30-point games, but he's averaging 20 on the dot and 7.3 assists and about five rebounds. So that's good. But he's not an all-star. Like, stop it. I mean, he's a really, really, I mean, okay, he'd be an all-star if there were 15 players on the team. He's a really good player. But I'm, I'm not mad at... DeMar DeRozan, but, like, he's not been super, super, super great. He's just been really good, consistent, like he's always been. The Denver Nuggets are one of these teams that are just, and maybe it's because the West is loaded, but Jamal Murray's come back down to earth after his bananas playoffs. And then they just, Jokic has had flashes of MVP, but he's not super consistent. He is averaging 27, 11, and 8, though. I mean, that's kind of MVP-ish. But I guess it's because he has so many 40-point triple-doubles and, like, high 30s games that, like, it kind of washes the, like, 19, 18, 17-point games. So I'm not taking a shot at Jokic, but Jamal Murray's averaging 21 points a game. Um, His PER is only 18.80. But if Jokic is the best player on the team, Michael Porter Jr. is averaging 14. I feel like that should be higher. But they, it's like the end of that Wizards game that y'all have all seen on Twitter where, like, everybody runs to the three-point line when they have, like, a four-on-one or a three-on-one break. Nobody goes to the rim. And Mike Malone, like, wants to pull out the hair that he doesn't, he doesn't have. It's, and, and I get it. Like, people are like, Mike Malone calls it. But if you're Mike Malone, you're like, dude, like, we had the game won. Like, what else can I do? Like, Mike Malone has been a phenomenal coach for them. And I like Mike Malone. He speaks his mind. He doesn't ever throw... Like, he's like, I'm not going to call out guys. I'll just throw the whole team under the bus and myself while I'm at it. And I think that that's okay. I like the way he does that. I like the way that he takes blame, but he keeps his players accountable through the media. But he doesn't, like, throw just one guy under the bus. And so I think that's the kind of coaching this team needs. Dallas is now in the eighth seed at 18 and 16. Um... They said Luka was going to be the MVP, but their role players just aren't good enough. Tim Hardaway is, like, super inconsistent. Chris Stapps is always injured. Jalen Brunson, like, what is he? He's really good, and he's, like, really underused. And is Carlisle's style of coaching, like, do they need a new coach? Do free agents want to go play there? Maybe Mark Cuban talks too much. I don't know. Like, Mark Cuban, like, is super player-friendly, though. Like, who would not want to play for that guy because he's all he's all in on you and he's in the like I just don't understand there's something not clicking with the Dallas Mavericks I don't know like it feels like there's something that happens in those free agent meetings that people are like nah I don't want to go play there bro so I don't know um now Golden State's outside the playoffs Steph's literally carrying that team by himself Ubre's been better of late he started off seven of 51 I looked this up last night for some reason I was bored he shot started the season 7 of 51 from 3. That's kind of evened out a little bit. Um, Andrew Wiggins is just Andrew Wiggins. And Draymond thinks he's the closer on this team, which has cost them two games. The charge last night, which I don't know if his feet were outside the circle, but that's an offensive foul just by looking at it. And then the game where he jacks up a 3 
and like trying to draw a foul with like 20 seconds on the shot clock or like 20 seconds left in the game. Don't know what Draymond was thinking there, but we're going to get to the Draymond Drummond thing. He's absolutely right. So I'm going to come to that in just a second. Memphis, John Morant's been eh. New Orleans has been a super disappointing team, but they're in the wrong conference. If they're in the East, they're a playoff team every year. Zion's been great. Lonzo's been inconsistent. Bledsoe's been Bledsoe. Brandon Ingram's been all-star Brandon Ingram. Yes, he should probably be an all-star, but they're also five games under 500. Sacramento, um, Luke Wallen going to get fired, y'all. Um, they've got way too much talent to be this bad, but they're in the West. De'Aaron Fox, they got Buddy Heald, they got the Halliburton dude, they got Rashawn Holmes, they got Harrison Barnes. Like, why is this team not good? Like, why are they not good? Oklahoma City, I don't know how they've won 14 games. Just a great culture there, bro. Like, that... Sam Presti should win GM of the year every year because somehow they just win games when they're not supposed to. This is a seven-win team that's won 14 games. Houston, Christian Wood, I guess, is way better than I thought because they can't win without him. Hey, John Wall's been great. They got rid of DeMarcus Cousins. Like, whatever. Um, I love Boogie. I want to see him on an NBA team. But, man, those injuries, I think, have just racked up. Um, Victor Oladipo, like, who is this guy? Is it the injuries? I think it's the injuries. Or maybe some guy told me that Victor Oladipo was a top 10 NBA player, which he never was. And he's a really good two-way player, but he's your third best player on a, on a championship team. So I think the Lakers should go get him. I think the Lakers should get him. Or I think one of these contenders should go get Victor Oladipo. I don't, I'm trying to think of who needs him. Like, like, I don't think Philly needs him. I think the Lakers need him. And I know that y'all are like, oh, you like LeBron. And yeah, I want him to get him. Victor Oladipo would be good on the Clippers. I just don't want to speak that into existence if that's even a thing. Um, Minnesota's been atrocious. They fired their coach. Y'all cried when they fired Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce, right? Oh, they fired a black coach too early in the season. Then none of y'all cry when they fired Saunders. I'm, all I'm saying is be consistent. And yes... African-American coaches in the NBA have had shorter leashes, and it's been way worse in the NFL. Nate McMillan, an African-American guy, took his job. They got rid of Nate McMillan in Indiana because they couldn't get out of the first round, and I even tweeted Indiana was dumb for doing that because you have to know your ceiling. You have to know what you are, and Indiana at this time is not a contender in the Eastern Conference, and whoever that dude they got coaching that team, I don't know who it is, I can't pronounce his name, I'm not going to look it up because I don't care enough. He ain't better than Nate McMillan. So if you're going to get rid of Nate McMillan because he can't get out of the first round, you go get someone better. Like, guess what? The Portland Trailblazers went and got shots, and he has proven he's gotten to a Western Conference Finals, and then last year they had to play the Lakers, but he has been an upgrade from Nate McMillan. Cool. Like, you got rid of Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr went and won three championships. Cool. Still think Mark Jackson got the raw end of the deal. Still think he's getting the raw end of the deal. But y'all are talking about, like, people still bring up Mike Brown. Mike Brown never made adjustments in Cleveland. Yeah, he got fired early on in Cleveland the second time. But, like, dude, like, he was ferocious with the Lakers. Maybe he's a better assistant coach. And I like Mike Brown. But this notion that these coaches get fired for no reason, like, I mean... Maybe Alvin Gentry for the Pelicans because they're not playing defense any better with Stan Van Gundy. So I'm with you. Like, I get it. I don't want to turn this into a race thing. But if 
if freaking Luke Walton gets fired this year, no one's going to say a word. The only time anyone ever stood up was when David Black got fired with the Cavs after starting like 32 and like 12. But he wasn't holding stars accountable and they won a title, so everyone forgot about it. And because he was replaced by Ty Lue. I get it. Like, we need more. We, we, we should have more than seven African American coaches in a sport that has 80% players. I didn't want to go on this tangent, but listen, like, if you don't win games, like, the, the, the Lloyd Pierce dude was 63, was, what, 63 and 120. Like, he had lost almost twice as many as games as he had won. This team has been disappointing. I never even heard of the guy. Like, I hope he gets another shot, but let's not act like he was 500 and got fired. Like, they were bad. Um, Let's go to the Western Conference All-Stars real quick. LeBron, Steph, Luka. They put LeBron on here twice. So, Steph, Luka, LeBron, Jokic, Leonard, starters have no problems. Anthony Davis should not have been an All-Star this year, but they replaced him with Devin Booker. Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Zion Williamson. And, yeah, Devin Booker replaces Kevin Durant. I think the West is fine. I think that there's not, like, you can say De'Aaron Fox should have been there. You should have said, I mean, Devin Booker should have originally been on there instead of Anthony Davis. But that might have been because it was a front court player. So that's why I think that happened. Um, you're not going to get me on a whole lot of other All-Stars that didn't make it. I think that that's fine. Real quick, I want to get into the Andre Drummond situation that Draymond Green harped on, that I got into an argument with some dude on Twitter. And listen, I respect what you said, guy. Um, I didn't like how he said, like, carpal tunnel. Like, I'm so quick to get carpal tunnel, and I didn't read the whole article. Bro, I understand that the article said that even if they lost 30 games in a row, they weren't going to buy out Drummond. But at this point when the article was written, they weren't talking about sitting him for games. So, if a team can decide they want to make a player inactive, basically saying, hey, show up, do your job, except for actually do your job by playing on the court because, hey, we want to see what we have in Jared Allen. This is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They traded for Jared Allen from the new, from, from the Brooklyn Nets, and they have JaVale McGee. And so they're like, hey, Andre Drummond, I know you opted into your contract because it's smart and you're going to get that guaranteed money, but we want to sit you down so you don't hurt your value. So don't play basketball. Be professional, and then we'll try to get a trade for you. Well, now, no one's going to trade for Andre Drummond because they know that the Cavs aren't going to keep him. And someone's like, oh, well, they can do a sign-and-trade in the offseason. Well, how? Why would a team sign-and-trade when Drummond, like, Drummond has, Drummond can just walk. He can just be like, okay, I'm an unrestricted free agent. I'll go sign with another team. And his market, and, and, and now he has to play the good camper role so his market doesn't dry up because they want to be called a cancer. He wants to be professional, but this is why I I talked about this in the NFL sh uh, episode I did earlier today, where it's like these franchises are garbage, bro. And I'm a Cavaliers fan. That's my that's my favorite team. I was Mark Price, Brad Dory, Larry Nance, Craig Elo, even when they had Sean washed up Sean Kemp there, like when they had Kyrie Irving before LeBron came back, when they had Danielle Marshall and. Dude, I've been rocking with the Cavs since 1990, so I know a little bit about what I'm talking about. Like, the only reason, like, okay, so it seems like they were well run until, like, the Mark Price era got ended and the 
mid to late 90s, right? Because ever since Dan Gilbert got this team, it's been train wreck after train wreck, okay? Like, they got the number one pick three out of four years. So their number one picks have been LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, then Andrew Wiggins, and Anthony Bennett. So they got the number one pick four times in their history, and those were their picks. The Anthony Bennett thing was ridiculous. I don't care what, like, some scout had to been like, hey, I know this is a very bad draft, but that ain't it. Dude ain't even in the NBA anymore. Andrew Wiggins, cool. You knew you were going to use him in the Kevin Love trade. Then they went and got Colin Sexton, really good player. And then the next year, they go and draft Darius Garland, really good player. But now both your guards are 6-1. Then they go trade for Andre Drummond, who's like still really young. He's like 27, I think. So after they get Andre Drummond, they're like, huh, let's um, trade for JaVale McGee. Then let's also go get Jared Allen, who's also a center. And then let's tell Andre Drummond to sit and tell everybody that we're shopping him instead of playing poker and trying to get the best value for the trade. I didn't mean to go on a tangent. My point is, y'all got so mad at, at players for demanding a trade. It's like people think these franchises own these human beings, and we had a problem because in this country, white people used to own people. And I'm not saying that's the explicit mentality here, but sometimes I hear fans speak, and that sounds like the implicit Mentality. If you don't know what that means, get a dictionary, okay? Some of these fans' mindset is so archaic, they're like, the player should just sit there, shut up, and be happy he's getting paid. Like, maybe Andre Drummond wants to play basketball. Maybe he can also increase his value by showing that he is still a good basketball player by playing basketball. And he was being a monster on the court for them. I get it. You got Jared Allen. You want to play him more than Andre Drummond, okay? I still don't understand why they got JaVale McGee, which is, was, you know, JaVale McGee, like, was like a Shaq and a full all-star, and now he's got championships with two different franchises. Good for JaVale McGee. But the, this notion that players are just need to be subject to the organization and be quiet, it's like y'all aren't telling these billionaires to take pay cuts. Why y'all telling these millionaires to? It's just inconsistent logic. They own the team. They can do what they want. Yes, they can. And if, and see, this is the problem, though. Yes, the organization has a right to do this, but this is why the bad organizations are bad and the good organizations are good. This is why, like, when Andre Iguodala went to Memphis and they're like, no, nah, we're not going to buy you out. Why? He's not a part of your long-term plan. He was just a piece in a trade to make salaries work. Same thing with Drummond. Why would any other player that's not going to get a long-term extension like a Colin Sexton ever opt in again? Well, he opted in because he knew that was the best way for him to get paid this year because of the whole pandemic and the whole salary cap situation. So either trade the guy or let him play. That's my only argument. Trade him or let him play. Don't play this little horsey-horse game where we're going to sit you. What, so what happens if they don't trade him? They sit him for the rest of the season? So a healthy player has been sat all year, but then y'all get mad at players in college who sit, who want to protect their draft stock, but it's okay for the team to protect the draft stock of the player that they want to trade. It contradicts it. It's not logical. It's BS. It's BS. All the way around. So I hope Andre like I hope Andre Drummond gets to go play for somebody because he was playing fine in Detroit. This has nothing to do with his play. It's like, oh, you're a chip that we can move around the table and use 
to get what we need. But what happens if Jared Allen looks at this and was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Then you lose him and you lose Andre Drummond and you have JaVale McGee. And now your promising future of Garland and Sexton, who I know I got mad because they both, but then they got that Isaac Okoro guy who's a bigger guard. So like you, your, your bright future could just be gone because players see what you just did to Andre Drummond. So my thing is be consistent. Don't get mad at players like James Harden for dogging it in Houston trying to get out of there when the organization... And I don't know what the organization did to James Harden. They gave him everything he wanted. I just think that James felt like the championship window would close. So let's just be consistent. All right? That's all I'm saying. But anyways, I got a roll. This has been another episode of Dads in Time Out. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. Let me know what you think. Until next time, peace.